Welcome to the Wednesday night service in Central Florida. I am David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. And there's the wave, the Queen's <laughs> wave. Uh, we are the Herobedians, virtualchurchmedia.com. We encourage you also to visit us online. We have many resource materials available. And we love to equip those that want accelerated growth using technology, quantum Christianity, from the palm of your hand, on demand. So we're going to get started tonight. Uh, yesterday, the Lord began to speak to me uh, about a message called Unusual Manifestations. And this may be a multi-week message because it's very full as I got into my notes. I realized there is so much on this matter. I want to lay a foundation tonight on the difference between biblical manifestations, those that line up with Scripture, those that are non-biblical or anti-biblical manifestations. They're against Scripture. They're prohibitions. And then there's extra biblical manifestations that aren't for or against the scriptures they're not in the scriptures we have no record of them but we realize that jesus did many other works that are not recorded in this book so that's john 21 25 before we get started and we get into this i just want to let you know you're in front of a live audience tonight everybody say hello so Unusual manifestations are coming to the earth. Unusual manifestation. Well, David, what is an unusual manifestation? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to answer that question tonight. Let's go ahead and start with uh, Ecclesiastes 1.9, New International Version. And Solomon, the wisest Old Testament king, said these words. He'd been through a lot in life, and he began to memorialize in Proverbs and in Ecclesiastes great sayings that were full of wisdom he wrote over a thousand proverbs in his life and one of the things that he recorded when he was writing which was the book of ecclesiastes it says what has been will be again what has been done will be done again there is nothing new under the sun ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 new international version so the reason we study history is because those that fail to study history are bound to repeat it and so we want to have wisdom so we don't make the same mistakes. There's some things happening in our nation and those that are coming up under the current uh, age groups that don't know history, didn't study history, or the history they did study was a different history than what actually occurred. And when they don't study history, they're bound to repeat it and people fall prey to the same things generationally uh, because of what happened and they get pulled in. So we're going to study some church history. We're also going to look at some Bible history and some warnings in the scripture. So we're going to look at three different types of manifestations. I'm not talking about methods. I'm talking about manifestations. So a method might be a way that you lay hands on the sick. The manifestation might be what happens when you lay hands on the sick. Do they fall down? Do they shake? Do they rattle? Do they roll? Do they sit stoic? Do they get healed? Do they jump around? Do they do cartwheels? Or do they feel heat or fire or nothing and they just walk away healed? The manifestation could vary and the method in which you minister that gift or healing to an individual could vary. We'll talk a little bit about methods tonight, but I want to focus in on manifestations manifestations biblical manifestations acts 2 17 through 20 in the last days, says god i will pour out my spirit on all people all flesh the word all in the original greek language that the new testament is written in the koine greek the word all actually means all so god is pouring out his spirit on all flesh in these last days that means believers and non-believers did you know that believers are receiving an impartation and a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, but also non-believers are being visited by the Lord right now. In the Old Testament, you see Old Testament kings or Old Testament pharaohs being visited in a dream of the night, like happened with Joseph, the leader of the country pharaoh at the time. He got a dream, two of them back to back, and he was visited by God warning about famines coming to the land that would last seven years. So if you look at uh, Genesis chapter 37 all the way to 50, you kind of see this pattern in this story. But the point is this, 
God is now visiting people in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in their beds, as Ezekiel, or Job 33, 14, reading on says. But what happens is this. Non-believers will receive a dream, but they won't have the interpretation. Genesis 40, verse 8 says, don't all interpretations belong to God. So if you're in relationship with God, he'll give you the gift of interpretation and you'll go to somebody who has had a dream and they'll share the dream and you'll have the interpretation and then through that bridge, they'll realize God has been speaking to them. That they're not necessarily a psychic or they're not just a visionary. It's God who gave them that vision or experience or dream and they'll say, I just don't know what it means. I remember when I was incarcerated during that light 20-year sentence in the feds um, for jaywalking or stolen jets or something. But uh, and a jet ride to hell journey to freedom. You can read the story, jetridebook.com. So what, what happened is I remember a gentleman came to me, and he had a manifestation of a dream. And he said to me, he said, I had this dream. And he begins to describe the parable of the sower and the four soils in detail. And he'd never read the Bible in his life. And I looked at him, and I just stared at him. He says, I have no idea what it means. It was so real. I could smell in the dream. I could hear. It was vibrant colors. I've never had a dream like that. When I woke up, it was as if I was really there and experiencing these things. Do you have any idea what it means? I, I don't know why, but I felt like I was supposed to come and tell you. And I opened him to Matthew 13, and I began to read to him the parable of the sower, and his eyes got big like saucers. And he couldn't believe it. He said, how did you know that? I said, well, it's, I'm familiar with it. Anyway, he ends up giving his life to Jesus, getting born again. Now he had a hunger and a thirst for the Bible because God spoke to him as a non-believer. You think we're the only evangelists? The Holy Spirit is evangelizing people on a daily and a nightly basis Amen. with manifestations of Amen. dreams and visions. And he's waiting for someone to connect with them with the interpretation because don't all interpretations belong to God and Amen. we belong to God and when we belong to God we connect with him and our tongue becomes the pen of a ready writer we speak those things we've received as touching the king Psalms 45 1 so biblical manifestations Acts 2 17 in the last day says God I'll pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy I said prophesy not prophesy lie <laughs> we're called to prophesy which is hearing from God and communicating those words to a man or a woman or a child and we don't just communicate the words of God but also the heart of God and he is a father with a heart of love he's Abba Father so when we prophesy it's God's mind on the matter and also his loving heart on the matter for such a one that we can restore one in a spirit of meekness lest we too are tempted and also that we can reach down and help encourage, strengthen, and edify somebody with that gift of prophecy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your own old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out of my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, and blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, and the moon turned to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. These are manifestations, dreams, and visions, and signs in the sky. So these are just biblical manifestations. We're not into the anti-biblical ones yet, and we're not into the extra-biblical ones that aren't in Scripture. But John 21, 25 says there are many other things that Jesus did that are not written in these books. If he everything was recorded, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to record them. This is a meaty teaching tonight. I'm moving quickly, but I'm trying to lay a foundation because what's coming both from God on unusual manifestations and from the enemy on unusual manifestations as the power clash occurs in the earth and souls are in the balance and deception is being released by the enemy at an unprecedented level, we need to know the truth because we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. What the scripture doesn't say specifically in that passage, but I believe it's meet it out in scripture you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free even if it makes you miserable first Amen. how many people have gotten truth that made them miserable but then once you work through it it was a great thing to learn that 
I remember a friend of mine, he said he was at a stop sign. He says, Lord, what is going on? Why, why don't the people in the church, why, why aren't they even open to the truth? And the Lord spoke to him, Ray, for most, the truth is too painful true, for man. them to bear. That's right. That's true. How many love truth? Okay, then we're going to go on tonight. Okay. So Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, in the name of Jesus. They will drive out demons. And by the way, the name of Jesus is not his title. The word is anima in the original Greek language. In the Old Testament, it's the word shem. It means nature, character, honor, position, authority. So when you say in the name of Jesus, in the authority, in the position, in the honor, in the character, in the nature of Jesus, I rebuke you or I command a sickness. It's not a title. It's being in relationship with the king, working from him out, not for him in. Martha was working for him, making Galilean fish sandwiches for Jesus that he never ordered, trying to be pleasing unto the Lord. Mary was working from him at his feet, sitting at his feet. It wasn't that she was unwilling to get up and make those Galilean fish sandwiches if Jesus asked her to do it. But she wasn't going to do anything without the master sending her. And there's a big difference between being sent by the Lord and just being one who went on her own. Jonah went and ended up in the belly of a big fish. Mary was sent four at one point. When Lazarus died, Jesus did not raise Lazarus from the dead for Martha, the worker. He raised Lazarus from the dead for Mary, the worshiper. Those that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. Sometimes we go out and we're busy doing things for Jesus that he didn't ask us to do. And it's just religious things that we're trying to get pleasing unto him. I think that might be Jesus calling now. <laughs> so, and these signs will accompany those who believe in the name and the authority and the power and the character and the nature and the honor of Jesus. You will drive out demons. You will speak in new tongues. You will pick up snakes with your hands. And when they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. This is the normal Christian life. I think last week, I think we called on Acts chapter 29. There is no Acts chapter 29 in the Bible, there's only 28 chapters, but Acts chapter 29 is being written by the Holy Spirit through your obedient life to wait upon the Lord and then be sent and go out and do this stuff, harvesting the earth, plundering hell, and populating heaven. Okay, so we just talked about biblical manifestations, and that's just some of them as an overview. Now we're going to look at anti-biblical manifestations. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 11, occult practices. When you enter the land, this is the, the, the Lord speaking to the Israelites. When you enter the land the Lord God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire. You say to yourself, well, who would actually take their child and put him in the fire and burn? I guess that was their woman's right to choose in that day. Oh, I'm sorry. Amen or out, hallelujah, heretic. Okay, so... Wow, point to ponder, isn't it? Say law. Okay, let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells, or who is a medium or a spiritist or who consults the dead. Those are anti-biblical manifestations. Somebody came to me one day. They said, well, let me read your palm. I said, well, I'm not really into palm reading. And they said, I said, let me read yours. I look and I go, wow, it looks like, let me read this correctly, you need Jesus. <laughs> anyway, that dialogue, I said, you know, there's two types of people that, that read palms. And he says, well, what's that? I said, well, those who have accepted Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, and those who are about to, which one are you? <laughs> anyway, that eventually ended up working toward, you know, evangelistic moment, the person did get born again. So you can use all those things, but you don't have to be mean or afraid or, you know, yell at people. When you have your position of authority, you can be calm because you are operating in dominion. Ezekiel 21, 22, for the king of Babylon will stop at the fork in the road, at the junction of the two roads, seek an omen. He will cast lots with the arrows. He will consult with his idols. He will examine the liver. liver. He'll look in a liver. And that's one of the ways that people like do things. They, you know, santaria, pala my hombre. They, you know, cut off chicken's head. They sprinkle the blood. 
our friend Israel Agre, who we support in Africa Crusades in Nigeria, and the rural areas where there's only, uh, you know, about three to $500 of income per year, no running water, no electricity, so they do human sacrifices there. And so when we had funded the Crusades in Italy Village uh, last year, I think it was, um, 20,000 came to Jesus during those Crusades, the two witch doctors that were over that, um, they came out with a high level witchcraft and it bounced off the shields of faith and then knocked them down to strokes and, uh, you know, normal Christian life on the mission field. And so, uh, and then to think that we still argue over whether tongues is for today, I trust me, they don't argue there. It's life or death. And, uh, they don't argue over doctrinal issues, whether or not Adam had a belly button being the first man. I mean, they're, they're more focused on the important things of life. And so, uh, as Israel went to pray for them on day seven, they repented, received Jesus, and they stopped the human sacrifices. And so the human sacrifices stopped in the village, and then we dug down, bought four acres of land, dug down uh, 798 feet, hit water, and when the water came up with the generators, then another thousand came to Jesus. Because of the miracle of the water, they realized Jesus was the living waters. So there's just different ways that people come and experience an encounter with the Lord. So, extra-biblical manifestations. What could an extra-biblical manifestation be? Well, it could be just about anything. Um, John 21, 24 through 25, this is the disciple talking about John, who's writing about what he said, who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Verse 25, John 21, 25. And there also are many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written, amen. Let me share with you some examples of extra biblical manifestations. Some of which my wife and I have experienced and some of which our friends have experienced. So this will be a little conglomeration of that. So we don't wanna limit God. They limited the Holy One of Israel in the Old Testament and they didn't enter the Promised Land. At the same time, just because you see a manifestation doesn't necessarily mean it's God. And the thing I wanna share with you is when you go to driving down the road and when my wife and I are in California, we're driving from say Orange County, California up to the Bay Area to visit family and we're on the grapevine and we love to eat at a certain burger joint, In-N-Out Burger, great burgers. And so when we see the In-N-Out Burger sign, we get excited. And so that's like our thing on the grapevine. So we're there and I'm like, in and out Burger, she's like, let's go. We don't go to the sign and try to eat. We go to where the sign points, in and out 12 miles ahead. So when you see a sign, don't get stuck at the sign. Which location does the sign point to? If it points to Jesus, if it points to God, it's a extra biblical sign that points to him. If it points away from him and it points to a person or another way, it's not from the Lord. And sometimes the signs do point to the place where the food is at, but people get so enamored with the sign, they focus on the sign or the wonder instead of what the sign is pointing them to. So we have responsibility in this thing. So let me give you some examples. Um, we've experienced gold dust, gold fillings in teeth. I, I received platinum fillings out of amalgams one night. My friend Prophet Phil was in town. I've seen uh, gold and silver fillings appear in people's mouth, platinum. I've seen metal come out of people's mouth and enamel come back in. Recently, I had to go to the dentist myself. God didn't do that miracle for me. But in the process, there's a testimony coming with that dentist. So God gets miles out of whatever. And so we just press in with the Lord. And when those manifestations come, we thank him for it. But guess what? If no manifestation comes, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is a solid rock. So gold dust, uh, angel oil, feathers, precious stones, manna. We have a friend of mine, she said she was at a service, and they prayed, and manna appeared in the Bible as they were praying over it. And they took manna, and they took uh, you know grape juice, and they, they had communion with the manna. Wow. She said it tasted very sweet. It was like a coriander seed. She said, everybody that ate the manna got healed like that. And guess what? Everybody was focused back on Jesus, who's the healer. 
not on the fish or the loaves, not on the manifestation. Don't get stuck at the manifestation. What does the manifestation point to? My wife and I were in a, a service. I, I, I guess I'm going to share this. We were in a service in a small church and we were invited and only a small amount of people are allowed in there. They don't want the place to be defiled. And uh, it's called like the gemstone church. And so we heard about this. Friends of ours have experienced it where gemstones like flash and appear before you. And so we're in the service and we're praying in the spirit and we're worshiping and all of a sudden I see a flash and there's like a two carat stone in front of me. And I look around and other people are looking and the culture of that small gathering, when I say small, like less than 10 people, okay? And it's in like this rural area, it doesn't even come up on a GPS. And so we get there and it just looks like a small little place and the power of God starts to fall, the presence in there, the, the love of God, the humility of everybody there, and nobody goes to steal your gems. Why? Because we're not in competition with one another. What happens is if you see the gem appear, it's a gift from the Lord to you, not to somebody else. And so they had somebody in there one time who a ruby appeared and this person went to grab it. A person ran up and grabbed it and put it in her little jar. And he looked back and he said, God, what do you want me to do? He said, nothing. And all of a sudden a two carat one appeared, twice the size. And so he reached out and grabbed it. And she looked and she looked in her jar and hers disappeared. He says, no one can steal in the glory. Wow. So we ended up with five stones that night, and then we went into the back where we were staying. I'm not even going to really share with you where it's at. But what happened was we had our five stones, and two people that we met, families, we said, this is what we got. Pick one. So one person took a stone and another one, because, you know, freely we receive, freely we give. Hold on to things loosely. Hold on to Jesus tightly, but hold on to things loosely. You know, love people and use things, but don't love things and use people. Amen. Anything you're willing to give away that's precious to you, that the Lord prompts you to give away, you'll never be out of it. Anything you're unwilling to give away, you'll have to fight to keep. So, also at this church, and I'm not advocating these types of manifestations that are extra biblical. I'm sharing with you that they do exist. And... There was this Bible there, and there was oil coming from the Bible. And there was a small amount of oil in the bottom of this bowl. And the person said, oh, well, there's not much oil right now. We just grabbed a bunch of the oil up and put it in small you know, bottles. Or we gave it out to people. They don't sell it. They gave it out. And they gave it out. And then when people would go pray for the sick, they would anoint them with this heavenly oil. And the rate of manifestation for healings and miracles is much higher and so they said but just put your fingers in it and I put my fingers in the bottom and there was just a little bit in the bottom and as I put my finger I rubbed my forehead with it and the fragrance of heaven was in this oil and I don't know if you've ever been in a trip to heaven or you've ever experienced the fragrance of his knowledge that's diffused in every place when you're in the holy of holies or the glory cloud appears which is a biblical manifestation of God's Shekinah glory. But when that happens, the atmosphere changes and there's different fragrances of heaven. The lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. And there's different fragrances you experience when you're in the Holy of Holies with God. And when you leave the Holy of Holies, you'll carry that fragrance out. And if you run into somebody who carries that fragrance of heaven, you'll recognize it on them. You'll see that shine in their face. You'll see the eyes bright with the Holy Spirit. And you don't know them in the natural, but you know them in the spirit. And you say, hello, brother, hello, sister. And they'll look back and they'll know you because they've been where you've been at. You carry the same atmosphere of heaven or frequency of heaven back to the earth. And you have a, a hedge of protection about you and a joy. And even though your boat is in the water, the water's not in your boat. And you can recognize people. An unusual manifestation, my friend, Prophet Gershom. The first time we gave him a ride back to his, uh, his, his, his condo where he lived, it was about a 30-minute drive, and we were at a, a TV network where we both had recorded you know, different TV broadcasts, and we were going to give him a ride back because it was about to. So we were going to go eat dinner before we took him back. And so as we arrived at this uh, Mexican restaurant, and real authentic food, amazing food. And as we get there, as we're driving up, I thought, I wonder if my wife you know, changed perfumes. 
I said, you know, she doesn't really wear a lot of perfume. I said, but my gosh, that's an amazing smell. And all of a sudden, I realized that's not my wife's perfume. And I'm thinking, is Prophet Gershom wearing perfume? <laughs> like he's from Africa, from Zambia. I don't know if it's you know, some, some cultural thing. And all of a sudden, the fragrance changes to something completely different. And I'm like, oh, that's that heaven smell. I smelled that one before. And so then we get out of the car. We're waiting to go in and he got a phone call. And there was this uh, dumpster where we had parked. And the dumpster was open where they were sending in the, the, the food. And the, the lily of the valley smell was like coming out of the dumpster, I thought, until Prophet Gershom walked away. And then it was the smell of the dumpster. And I realized that he carried those atmospheres of heaven and those different fragrances changed three times. And we sat down at the restaurant to eat and we're getting fajitas and, and I began to talk with him about that. He said, oh yes, he says, the fragrance of heaven. So these are unusual manifestations. My friend, Prophet Tony, uh, he did a service one time and the Rose of Sharon came in. There's about 1,600 people and the Rose of Sharon came in to the room and they thought that some, they actually called him. Tremendous miracles happened, signs and wonders. People were healed and delivered and set free and born again. And, and afterwards they called him and they said, hey, we really like that, that smell that you put into the auditorium, but we can't get it out. And he said, what smell is that? Well, it smells like roses. It's amazing, but we've gone up into the ventilators and we can't see where you put it in, but we need to know because we have somebody else coming in and it's not really inappropriate, but we love it. We love it. See, non-believers love it. And he says, well, I didn't put anything. And they said, well, what is that? He says, well, that's a real... Anyway, he ends up leading that guy to the Lord because of the manifestation. Tony had a manifestation on him that happened with a lot of tent revivalists. It was an extra-biblical manifestation. And he's not Catholic. He's Pentecostal. He said, David, for 18 months off and on, the stigmata would come into my hands and my feet and oil would pour. And he said, when that would happen, everybody would get healed with miracles. He says, and then it would close up after the service and it would be gone. He says, I didn't know what to do with it. He said, I'm not Catholic. He says, I didn't believe in this and I'm Pentecostal. It's an extra biblical manifestation. But I could not deny the power of God, the manifestation for healing and the people that would give their lives to Jesus during those services and then go on to serve the Lord with the testimony. So I began calling other tent evangelists that I had a relationship with. And Tony had ordained about 2,600 pastors. He led about 1.8 million to Jesus. He preached in different countries. He was on 45 radio stations today on AM radio. So this is not an unseasoned minister, yet he was perplexed by what was happening, yet he could not say, I can't do this because God was in it but he wasn't Catholic. And he actually preached against that thing. And I'm not saying every manifestation that happens that's extra biblical is of the Lord because there's counterfeits as well. We have to test things by the fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. If you look at an apple tree, you know it's an apple tree because it has apples on it. You look at an orange tree, you know it's an orange tree because it has oranges on it. And if a tree doesn't bear fruit, Jesus says, I'll, I'll hack it down and throw it into the fire. Yeah. And we are to be fruit-bearing branches in the Lord. We're supposed to bear the fruit of love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance, patience, like Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says. And so we want to be carriers of the glory, carriers of fruit, and we also want to be those that carry the gifts of the Spirit. So he said he began to call around to his friends, and he began to say, have you had any unusual, you know, extra-biblical manifestations in your services lately? Well, Brother Tony, yeah, actually I have. He says, well, like what? He says, well, I'm hesitant to share. And he says, well, are you experiencing oil? Yes, I am. Who told you? He says, nobody told me. He says, I'm having the same thing. He says, where's the oil coming from? He says, my hands. He says, your hands too? He says, is it painful? He says, no, it's not painful. He says, but they like open. And so this was what was happening. So it's extra biblical. So I'm not telling you to go run after stigmata people that have that, but I'm sharing this with you 
that don't limit God. Do not limit the Holy One of Israel. Yeah. Test the spirits to see if they're God. And, you know, some people are listening. Oh, David's really off, off the deep end. You haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> you haven't heard anything yet. Go to howtofreezetime.com. We just did that one on freezing time based upon Joshua 10, verses 12 through 14. But so many people are getting healed on freezing time right now using that biblical principle and biblical manifestation. The other thing that I was on a phone today with somebody... And they, they, I said, I'd like you to pray for me. They said, okay. They, they began to pray and they said, Lord, I thank you that you've made us your servants. And I thank you that we have dominion over the earth. I thank you that you've given us authority to change the times and the seasons. He said, Wednesday, today's Wednesday. He said, Wednesday, I command you to serve David. Wow. And I thought, I've never heard that one before. He says, the day is to serve you because you serve the Lord. And he says, everything must serve you so that you can fulfill your calling and destiny. And I thought, wow, I never thought about that. We've been given dominion over the earth. He says, you don't have dominion over people, but you have dominion over sicknesses in people's bodies. Because you have dominion over the earth and their bodies are made from dust. So you have dominion over the earthen vessel and anything that's not to be in that vessel, sickness or disease, has to bow its knee to the greater name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Unusual manifestation examples in scripture. Now we talked about extra biblical. We're going to get into biblical. That'll be enough to tilt your hat. But hopefully it straightens your crown. Right? A preacher's job is to comfort the troubled and to trouble the comfortable. That's good. Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons. Acts 19, verse 11 and 12. God did extraordinary or unusual miracles through the hands of Paul, the apostle, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. Let me repeat that. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched Paul were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. Do you know the anointing is transferable? You know, I just recently had a chair given to me, and it was from A.A. Uh, a. Allen's Healing Services, Miracle Crusades. The wooden chair, I'll bring it up. And everyone who sits in that chair that I've allowed to sit in that wooden chair, they sit there, they're like, my God, you can feel the anointing. It just like comes right through the chair because the anointing is transferable. And one person today says, it's like you can feel the anointing, which is uplifting, but you can also feel the glory, which is heavy. Like it has both the anointing and the glory in it. And so I was recently, and I won't share any details, but a very famous healing evangelist, I actually had a couple of these shares and I brought one as a gift to this person. They asked me to set it next to a desk and they said, you know whose desk that was? And I said, no. And they told me, I was like, you got his desk? I put my hands on that desk. <laughs> and I felt the anointing because that person was a great Bible teacher, signs and wonders evangelist, led tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to Christ. And there were hours and hours and hours sat in front of that desk and opened a portal and it becomes saturated with the atmosphere of heaven. You say, well, David, I don't believe that. Well, go into a bar, <laughs> come out, and tell me you didn't get saturated with the presence of cigarette smoke. <laughs> Point to ponder. So if it happens in a bar and you come out just that quick, I remember I went in to get food. We were doing a ministry about my wife and I, and I went in to get food. There was people smoking. I'm standing around and, you know, I'm like waiting for my food. I get my food and I come out and she says, you smell of cigarette smoke. It's transferable. And guess what? When you're in the smoke or the presence of God, the glory of God, the Shekinah glory, it will come off onto your clothes and people will begin to smell the fragrance of the knowledge of him. The Bible says the fragrance of his knowledge is diffused in every place we go. To some, it's the aroma of life unto life. To others, it's the aroma of death unto death. It's the same fragrance of God's knowledge diffused in every place, but it's life unto life for those that are leaning into God and hungry. It's death unto death for those that are not hungry for God and they're leaning away from him. You know, when Jesus was water baptized, we hear the words, a loud voice spoke from heaven. 
This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Some people heard it. Others just thought it thundered. Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. He says, voice spoke back from heaven. I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Others said an angel spoke. Some said it just thundered. How can you miss the audible voice of God? How can it be on the day of Pentecost when the day of Pentecost was fully come? An unusual manifestation happens of tongues of fire that comes and down and rest upon each of the 120 heads that were there and they began to speak in other tongues and began to prophesy and they began to speak in known dialects. Some heard them declaring the wonderful works of God in their own native dialectos, own native language. Others thought they were stumbling drunks. Don't look at manifestations askance and say, that's foolish. Or why are they on the ground laughing? You don't know what they've been through. Father is tickling them and he's bringing them through a vision of his perspective on it. They're getting heaven's perspective in the film clip, not the snapshot. A friend of mine, Corn, dear friend of mine, California, and uh, she went to a service in 1994 when the Holy Spirit was poured out simultaneously on 450 churches in the United States and in North America and all kinds of unusual manifestations began to happen. The airport uh, vineyard in Toronto, uh, Ontario, power of God came there. That's where Heidi Baker was really launched out of. She got healed and then she went and planted 10,000 churches with her husband, Roland, and so many other ministries were birthed out of that airport vineyard. But Christians, well-meaning, wrote nasty articles about the unusual manifestations not being biblical. You're right, a lot of them weren't biblical. They were extra biblical and they pointed to Jesus. And by the way, not every manifestation in there was of the Lord because there were people that came in with flesh and there was fire from the Lord and there was wild fire from people's flesh or their own soulish realm. So as this happens, Corin, who's very reserved, very intellectual, she said that prophet was there. He says, Lord told me not to preach, but just to call this one man up. As he called him up, the power of God hit the guy. He starts laughing uncontrollably, laughing by the Holy Spirit as God was healing him of things. And the prophet said, I know this may sound strange, he said, but and he didn't know that simultaneously this outpouring it was happening at 450 churches around the United States and in North America at the same time. Sometimes we think we're the only ones that get it. We think we're all that in a bag of chips. We think that the Trinity ought to open a fourth position, make it a quartet, and let us sit at the board. But it's just not the way. Stay humble. When God gives you a move, Amen. carry it, steward it, and point people back to him. Yes. You be the sign that points back to him. Don't be the answer. Introduce him to the one who is. And so the prophet said, the Lord spoke to me. He says, I know you came to hear a message. He says, but I think the message will be manifestation of the Lord. He said, we're supposed to come up row by row and walk by this man and just point at him. He said, I've never had this happen before. And he says, the Lord is going to touch you when you point at him. And he says, moreover, you're supposed to laugh at him when you come by. He said, this is an illogical instruction. He says, but I want to obey the Lord. So as people came walking by, as they began to approach and they started to point and laughter would come off on them. It was transferable. And they were stumbling drunks. Be not drunk with wine wherein there's excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. You know what a person filled with the Spirit is? Somebody who looks like a stumbling drunk at times. But that's not the only manifestation of being filled with the Spirit. It's one. And uh, I don't really get drunk in the Spirit. I get real, like, focused for me. I, I don't know. Maybe I know how to carry my, like, little, my wine or something. But i got one of these vessels that holds more. It takes a lot. But anyway, so, so what happened is she's looking at all these people laughing, and she's offended. She's like, these people are just like, they've lost their rock And she's full gospel. You know, she speaks in tongues. She, she prays in the Spirit two hours, and then interpretation. She's sold out, prophesied. But she'd never seen this manifestation, and it offended her. And the Lord says, go up. And the prophet says, if you haven't been up yet, he says, don't be offended. Come see if this is of the Lord or if it's of the flesh. She said she walked up, no emotion, offended. And she looked. And the minute she pointed at him, the power of God hit her and she started laughing. And she got drunk in the Holy Spirit. Never happened to her before. She was stumbling back to her seat. 
She sat in the chair. She slid down. People were helping her back up. She could not stay in her chair. And after about three or four times, they just stopped trying to get her back up. They just let her on the floor. And she was sitting there, and God was showing her visions while she's under the anointing drunk in the Holy Spirit and showing her visions of things that have happened that are horrible. And as she's seen this, they became the most hilarious thing to her. And she would have a vision, and she because <laughs> she began to see it from heaven's perspective. The end of a matter is better than the former, the beginning. And so we have a tendency to look at what happened to us in life when it happens is the worst possible thing that could occur. Ten years later, we look back and say, man, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So there was a study that was actually done. They took 10 people, they took them into a room, and they said, I want you to write down the 10 worst things that have ever happened to you, recent. And so they wrote them down. And so they locked them in a safe. 10 years later, they brought the same 10 people back. They said, I want you to write down the 10 best things that ever happened to you in your life. And then they brought out the sheets and they compared eight out of the 10 things that happened to them matched the 10 worst and the 10 best eight of them matched because God works all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And that day God delivered Corin through laughter showing his perspective on matters. Well, David, is that biblical? The Lord sits in the heavens and laughs at the wicked. He shall have them in derision, for he knows their day is coming. You might be going through something today saying, well, this is really horrible. I'm telling you, it's really great. <laughs> you just haven't seen the other side of it yet. Wait till God turns the other chapter and things turn for good. So we're going to kind of close out a little bit tonight because we want to be honorable in time economy. But I just want to share with you some biblical manifestations that, again, could cause your had to turn a little bit, but hopefully your crown gets on. Peter shouted, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord were added to their number. Acts 5.15 As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. They were all healed and all delivered. So, Peter's shadow will heal people. People reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. But Jesus said, Greater works will you do than these because I go to the Father. So in the Time of Jesus, what happened? People would reach out and touch the hem of his garment, the seat seat. The names of God would be hanging from the tassels. They would reach out and touch Jehovah Rapha, and they would get healed. Who touched me, Jesus said. If people are thronging you, no, one person touched me with faith. <laughs> because I felt virtue, dunamis power go out of me. You know, I can get around people, and they say, oh, would you pray for me? And I'm thinking, there's no reason for me to pray for you except for you to repent or to come out of agreement with despair or disillusionment or this or that. So we need to get that dealt with first before we even go after a miracle. Other people come, and I don't even feel like praying because I'm tired or this or that. They show up, and they have such a hunger. They will pull heaven right through me in my gift and mantle, and they'll get healed, and I'll get refreshed. Because of their hunger. Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. The word shall is a command. And when you're hungry, there's no devil in hell that can stop you from getting your touch from God. So, Peter's shadow healed the sick. Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons. One quick unusual manifestation, extra biblical manifestation. I heard a story where a woman came to a preacher who was very anointed. And she said, hey, uh, put these in your pocket. And he looked at them, there were some starlight mints. And he said, oh, I like starlight mints. He goes, thank you. She says, they're not for you. <laughs> he says, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I thought you were giving it to me. She said, I'm not giving them to you for you. I'm giving them to you to put in your pocket. He says, well, you have a purse. Why don't you? Because they need to be in your pocket. <laughs> and he says, well, she says, I just, the Lord told me to give them to you, and I'll be back after the service to get them. <laughs> so he's like, well, that's odd. So he puts these starlight mints in his pocket. He preaches. She comes up afterwards, signs, wonders, healings, miracles. She says, give me my mints. <laughs> and he's like, yes, ma'am. Uh, can I have one? She said, no, they're not for you. <laughs> Hands it back. He says, well, that's odd. She tapped into the principle of handkerchiefs and aprons, but the Lord told her to do starlight mints. What he didn't know was 
her twin sister was in an insane asylum for 25 years. Wow. And they wouldn't let in handkerchiefs or aprons, but they'd let her bring in starlight mints. <laughs> when her sister got the mint package in the mail, because the sister liked starlight mints, these were loaded. <laughs> and as the woman bit into the mint, or put the mint in her mouth, a demon shrieked out, and everybody heard it. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit and in her right mind. And two weeks later, they called the woman. They said, come get your sister. She said, is she dead? No. Two weeks we've been testing her. She's in her right mind. We can't find anything wrong with her. Extra biblical manifestations, starlight mints. Don't limit God. If he tells you to do something that's an illogical instruction, do it, and it will point to Jesus. It will result in deliverance, healing, or something else. Now, Jesus didn't really follow AMA rules. American Medical Association. Jesus spit in the mud, made clay. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the blind man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. Sent. Not went. So the man went after he was sent and washed and came home seeing John 9, 7 through 8. You know, Jesus also spit in clay. No, he, he spit on a hen and put it on a guy's tongue. Pretty disgusting, isn't it? The guy was pretty happy when he loosed his tongue. The guy was pretty happy when he got his sight back. And by the way, Jesus didn't do this once. He did it several times. And we don't know how many more crazy things he did. But does this stretch your faith a little bit just for the biblical manifestations? Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, 1 John 4, 1 through 6, and we're closing, to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming even now, is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God, and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. They are from the world, therefore speak they from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. Just think about some of the news. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The Bible records a number of unusual manifestations through its 66 books, from Genesis to Revelations, and they are numerous. We must test the spirits to see if they are of the Lord and where they point back to. Remember when Philip was transported 38 miles? What about teleportation? Wow. David, what are you talking about? I'm just quoting the scripture. My friend Dan Bowler. He was 31 miles from the location where he was preaching. And as he's driving, there's a drunk man comes out straight at him. There's a cliff here in the water. There's other cars on the left. And he couldn't put other people's lives at risk. He said, Jesus! Closed his eyes. And he opened his eyes. And he's sitting in front of the church 45 minutes early. Amen. It's not for your entertainment. But don't limit God. That he can't do it. And it goes on and on. Jeremiah struck dumb, and the Spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet, spake with me, and said unto me, Go shut thyself within that. Anyway, Jeremiah struck dumb as a prophet. Wow. And Ezekiel's taken by a lock of his hair, and he put forth the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me into visions of God to Jerusalem. There was a guy in the 1200s. They cut off his head and they threw his body and his head outside the city. True story. He picked up his head and held it here. He walked back into town and preached Jesus to him. The town got saved, dropped the head, he died as a martyr. Don't limit God. Ezekiel traveling in the spirit in the 25th year, it just goes on and on. Angels striking men with blindness and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Genesis 19, 11.
Paul received released blindness on a sorcerer, then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, you full of all subtlety and mischief. Thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Acts 13, 9 through 11. That's what happens to a sorcerer when he runs into a full, empowered son of God, a believer, and power encounters come. Don't ever be concerned about a power encounter. One, the one that's in you is far greater than the one that's in him. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something else. When you look at Ezekiel chapter 47 on the river that flows from the sanctuary, there's trees on both sides of the river. They bear fruit 12 months a year. You're that tree that bears fruit 12 months a year and your leaves are for the healing of the nations. And the water is ankle deep closest to the sanctuary. You go out 1,000 cubits, 1,800 feet. Now it becomes knee deep. You go out another 1,000 cubits, another 1,800 hundred feet which is like six football fields it's a distance and now all of a sudden it's waist deep you go down another thousand cubits you're now 24 football fields away from the house of god and it's a river you can swim in the anointing doesn't come so you can sip your mocha or your coffee or your tea and pray in tongues reading your oswald chambers day the daily devotional with your bible it's not a bad thing to have but you don't need the anointing because the anointing is to do work and when you need work done, the anointing destroys yoke. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. And you don't get anointed at the house of God. You get in the presence there, the anointing comes, bam, on you. And the farther you get away from the house of God into the highways and the byways and the drug addicted and the prostitutes and the war-torn areas, that's when the anointing's the strongest because that's when you need it. You don't need it to sip your coffee and your latte. You need it to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to deal with the powers of darkness. And if you've never felt that kind of anointing, then leave the sanctuary and go out and preach Jesus Christ. And these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. If somebody slips them a mickey, they'll drink it and it won't harm them. And they will see the sick healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Unusual manifestations are coming. Prepare. Test the spirits. Don't reject out of hand. Ask the Lord if this is of him. And if it is, you want it. And if it's not of him, remove it. But be willing to ask the question. Because if you ask, he'll respond. And you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. God bless you. I'm David, my lovely wife, Joanna, I'll wait for her, she's not in the house, and virtualchurchmedia.com, Unusual Manifestations Are Coming, Part 1, next week we will continue, and it will get deeper, because there's even more stories that have not yet been revealed, that are going to be fun, that will test you and provoke you in your faith. God bless you. We'll see you next week.